Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, Mortal Kombat! <laughs> and we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Alley. And... Tyler Hymanson. <laughs> Welcome to a brand new franchise. Beep, beep. You got, I think Tyler and I both thought that you were going to play it right before the theme song. Like, cause we both like looked disappointed when the yeah. theme song started, but, but I like what you did. It was very cool. I tried to, uh, I, I probably woke up the baby or something here, but <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, we're, uh, we're kicking off a brand new franchise this week. We're done with the mighty ducks. Ducks fly together, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, our, our arms are tired, so we're going to use them for fighting now instead of flying. <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking the Mortal Kombat series before the new movie comes out uh, later in April um, on HBO Max. And uh, we're not alone tonight. There's another member entering the tournament. Daniel Friedman here for the third time. <laughs> comics, back, guys. comics creator Daniel Friedman. You may remember him from, uh, what was it, Poltergeist and Highlander? Highlander, yes. yes. Uh, now, as I've, as I've dubbed him, our resident Lambert expert. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, are, is there anything else even in the Lambert? <laughs> there probably I mean, is. no, that's it. <laughs> there there is interrupt. an extended uh, canon, though, if you want to look at his French films. Yes. He's got a couple of those. Oh, there And he was in um, um, the Donnie Darko guy, the movie that killed that guy's career. What was that? The Box? Southland Tales. Southland Tales. Oh, Southland Tales. Oh, I was like, Tyler's yeah, We could do movie? a whole podcast just where we talked about Southland Tales. <laughs> Tyler's Welcome movie. to Lambert Cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spinoff podcast. <laughs> Lambert with me while I talk about him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, before we get too far into Lambert talk here, um, Elis, where can people reach out to us? <laughs> um, you can email us at sequelrights at gmail.com or find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way to helping other people find us. Give us at least as many stars as Lambert laughs to himself during this movie, which is way more than five. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yes. All right. Well, I was watching some behind the scenes footage where he did the laugh and then he apologized because he was like, oh, I wasn't supposed to do the laugh. Oh, isn't that like the scene that's in the movie? Did they just put that in the movie where he says, sorry, like this? The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> sorry. Yes. And he says, sorry. Sorry. I think it must be in his contract at this point that you got it. I've laugh. never heard anyone pronounce the H in ha 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 so like distinctly. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, let's get into it with the trailer. In each of us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will die. And his forces of darkness. 
Sorry, I would love to just let the song play out through the entire episode, but <laughs> much like they do in the movie, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to talk about that song quite a bit. Just heads up. <laughs> oh, we expect it. That's great. All right. uh, yeah. So we're we're still in the 90s here, solidly in the 90s, 1995 mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. And uh, you can see, you know, things from. Uh, the, the the animated sky from the Highlander series made it over to here. Uh, puppets from Teenage Mutant Turtles, Ninja Turtles made it over. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a movie that a lot of people at the time in 1996 said broke the video game curse. This was the first successful video game movie. It made $122 million. Yeah, but like how many video game movies were there before this? Like There was... Only two, Double Dragon. Oh, no, there's three. Street Fighter, which was uh, not successful, became more successful on home video. There was Double Dragon, which was a complete flop, and then Super Mario Bros. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, was it really a curse, or was it just like, you know, a rough start? (laughs) According to the Hollywood Reporter 20-year retrospective, curse broken. (laughs) Well, then. Um, Should we talk about what we knew going into this? Because I didn't know if I had seen any of these movies at all, but I definitely played the game. Because, like, what I know is that if you go forward, back, circle, Kung Lao throws his hat. (laughs) (laughs) I, I had to look. I had to do quite a bit of Mortal Kombat wiki searching but i figured out eventually that what i have played is i think mortal kombat trilogy on mm. n64 mm. heavily sense. and i mean heavily supplemented by game shark right. <laughs> you remember that thing yes 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 yeah you know you put the cartridge in then you put in all your cheat codes so that you can do an automatic bay after every <laughs> fight or whatever yeah every fight is a flawless victory just like in this movie <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> no matter how many punches they get off. You know, I have I have a question about that. Like this movie has some of like we're just talking about video game movies and fan servicey things. And in nineteen ninety-six, like as a consumer and as someone who's excited to see this movie, like, did I get stoked? Was I just super pumped at the time if they just like said the thing from the game? Was this ever a thing that anybody ever wanted? Or was this like walking movie exec Johnny Cage walking through the movie and saying things? Yeah, I feel like this was probably the the, the second one. <laughs> I, I, re- I laughed. I remember seeing this movie when I when it came out in the theater. I was it came out in 95, so I would have been like 10 or 11. And I, I mean, I loved it. It was the best movie I'd ever seen up until starship troopers a couple of years later because <laughs> um, that movie had everything that movie had that franchise has yeah. everything see our previous episodes but but i will say i don't remember if i if i cared about like the, the the reference to the game but i did notice them this time weirdly like i was like oh that's the the lucane kick the bicycle kick and like yeah i did definitely notice it this time and i appreciated it because i feel like it's usually not done right that kind of stuff. And I, I, I will give Paul uh, 
W.S. Anderson his his credit <laughs> here, where he he nailed the the game references. He doesn't like even have three of them. I do want to. I do want to know because he is credited as Paul Anderson at the end of this movie. Yeah. And I want to know like what part of the nineties, like what back alley, you know, like West Side when Story. When did they start duel. handing out did initials? The, yeah, no, did did the Paul Andersons have to like decide that we need to have some middle names in between our careers, bro? <laughs> or just some initials. Yeah. Just this, yeah, that's PT goes. That's right. <laughs> um yeah, I feel like I don't think I saw this in theaters. I feel like it was one of those movies that probably uh, my parents were like, we're not going to take you to see that. But I, I recall, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first time I saw it was at a boy scout lock-in uh, at the um, YMCA that they used to do. Uh, so it was like overnight and they'd have all these activities. And one of the rooms was just like movie room. And it was where I saw for the first time stuff like Mortal Kombat. And I think like the Ace Ventura sequel when nature calls. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw it there and then, you know, basically was obsessed with the music and, uh, it was a real trip to watch this movie and hear all those like dialogue, uh, cuts that they have in that, like Utah saints version of the mortal Kombat theme. And so when they would come up in the movie, I'd be like, Oh my God, I just, I could hear the music coming in right after he says like, you know, uh, a taste of things to come or something, you know, like, <laughs> and it was just kind yeah. of crazy to, to watch along like that. I didn't remember enough from the game to like recognize actual moves like you did, but Daniel, but um, I think I recognized a lot of the like sound cues because the first time he was like, your soul is mine. I was like, Oh, okay. Like that, <laughs> that, that triggered my brain. And then also when, um, is a scorpion was going get over here i was like oh yeah he says that when he does that one move i <laughs> he remember did the that thing, yeah. Yeah, he, did the, he did the thing yeah yeah i remember this was definitely a vhs uh this was a blockbuster night for me it must have been like wasn't the first weekend it came out but probably the second weekend it came out at blockbuster uh and uh through pestering of my parents it was definitely a rent it can we please rent that again how many times can we rent this movie <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fairly tame actually i feel for uh, yep. it's not it's not super violent or anything i don't know i would like to know i mean i watched some behind the scenes stuff of this but like before we get i mean we'll get all into this movie but like at the end this is Liu kang's movie and like we don't even see a johnny cage reaction shot during the final fight and i wonder how much of a thank you card we should be writing to john carpenter for big trouble in little china for that to happen um but <laughs> it was appreciated that it happens that way in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone well, else disappears at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I went back and I was reading about the, the original game, the arcade game. Cause that's what I remember playing. And mm-hmm. then yeah. I was, cause I didn't remember if the game actually had a story. Same. <laughs> um, and so I was surprised to see that like, even in the game canonically, like Liu Kang is the victor of like each of at least the first two, at if not three first, games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like he is the hero of the story, uh, which is interesting. There's a really great, as a previously mentioned, Hollywood Reporter, like 20 years on thing. And it has a uh, section where the script was kicked back to the game writers. 
And they were like, this is just too in like, this is just too comical. Like that's like <laughs> Raiden's a very serious character. And so they gave all of their like lore notes on the world that they created for their arcade game and sent it back to the screenwriter to the point where they met each other at like at a Christmas party. And the screenwriter introduced the game writers to his girlfriend and was like, hey, these are the assholes I was telling you about. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then they fought to the death. Yeah. <laughs> One of them said, finish him. <laughs> finish him. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. In the movie, I was like, wow, this story is like so weak. Well, but I guess it can't really fault it because it's not like the game has a story. And then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, no, this is like the exact story from the game, yeah. which apparently had a story. Uh yeah, but it's fu- kind of funny if you read the like if you win the game with different characters, it gives you like a different ending to the story. Mm-hmm. And like Liu Kang is one of the only good ones, and some of the other ones are like, and everybody died. Bye. Yeah, it was adventure. Yeah, it was really. Yeah. I was like, oh no, you picked the wrong fighter to win with. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bare bones. This story. Like, gather the people and then uh, fight, I guess. Well, and the rules are very, <laughs> very poorly defined. Like, they lay out a few rules at the beginning. They're like, okay, if you lose, he takes your soul. And, they, you know, they're, they got to win this last time, blah, 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 this and that. And then the, these battles start, and they just start happening everywhere yeah. without any... Like, the first one, they're like, okay, we're here. Everyone's watching. You know, like, we know what's going on. But then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I was taking a walk in the woods, and then I just decided to battle this guy to the death or like you know i'm gonna fight the hot girl but then we're just gonna kind of stop without any consequence you know like it, there's no rules they're all we're gonna be eating a feast and then like these dudes are gonna come in here like jesus and knock over all the tables yeah. so we can fight no turkeys for you yeah i i uh you know yeah if i was one of those guys i don't think i'd sign up for a tournament where it was just like eh Fights could happen anytime, even while you're asleep. You don't know. I do want to. I do want to ask what you think because there's a part where like Kano's like goes to Shang Tsung and being like, "Well, should we stop being nice now?" And it's ostensibly like all these people are losing and all these people's souls are being taken. And it's either everybody on the stunt team taking a hard fall into <laughs> like a pile of rocks, or they just cast people that day and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna fall into this pile of rocks today. Fall in this pile of rocks because it's everybody just." falling yeah. into rocks and it's about 20 of them <laughs> it's a montage of all the losers in the, in the tournament loser montage um that was right before they were like goro's gonna fight now right yes uh i don't want to get out. too far into it i have a lot to say about this goro suit. oh yeah well we can we can like start at the beginning if you want okay well <laughs> i just better place? Say in, the, in the beginning <laughs> I love that Liu Kang's grandfather sent him a tell. I mean, I get, I get that it was more difficult <laughs> to send long phrases in a telegraph at that point, but it literally says, "Brother dead, come home, Grandpa." You know? You're just yeah. like, oh my Brother god, dead. stop! Yeah, he could have at least been like, "Sorry," or like, you know. Like, those are like the the messages Sad we face emoji. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the messages we send to each other all week, like new movie podcast time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Brother, um, brother dead. dead. Brother Come dead. home. Didn't was it just me or did the uh, the younger brother seem woefully unprepared to be having that fight? <laughs> he really did. He yeah. seemed like a little kid 
walking up, you know, <laughs> not smart, especially surrounded by like a society of true believers. <laughs> Yeah. This is our guy. Someone should have stopped. <laughs> Raiden does later say there's no one else. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the, the bad guy looks directly into the camera when murdering him, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it was he kind crushes of like a, his butt. It was like it's a so, dream. It's such a weird cut. It really is. <laughs> and Liu Kang wakes up in the greenest room I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he, he wakes up <laughs> in like, the Matrix. How do you sleep like that? The good old days when they put the gel in front of the lens instead of the lights. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the 90s, so we had a bike hanging up like Seinfeld. Um, And then so we immediately jump into uh, Sonia and Jax, who we get to see for like two scenes, as they're uh, hunting down Kano, who apparently uh, killed her partner or something. The reveal Uh, of Kano when he turns around is real funny. Yes, it's, it, it is hilarious. But like, is Jax also friends with the the other white guy, Cage? Johnny Cage? Because I no. was like really confused about that. No, no, no. I, I never really understood, but it looks like in every movie they do the same thing where Sonya and Jax are part of some kind of like military police mm-hmm. force. Right. I don't, yep. I've never under, and they're always like hunting Kano. I, I, it's very vague. It's very vague. But, yeah, but yeah they, they, they like might as well work for like with Chris right Redfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kano yeah. sucks, and that scene where he's talking with food in his mouth is gross. Don't like it. I feel yeah. like Kano always sucked. I've never, li- <laughs> I've never liked that. I've th- I was like refused to ever play as Kano. Yeah. <laughs> that guy sucks. Yeah, it's like, what point- if we had a shitty Terminator? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we- this has to wait until the end, but we all have to like say what we normally played as when we played the game. Um, I feel like I already played my hand there. But let me, as we're talking about Sonya, <laughs> let me read you a quote uh, from this Hollywood Reporter piece. Okay. Uh, Regarding Sonia, we originally had Cameron Diaz cast as Sonia played. We were at New Line when the mask was in post-production and Cameron Diaz was not a household name. No one knew her. New Line said, why don't you look at some dailies that are coming from this film and see what you think of this young, unknown actress? As soon as we saw the dailies from the mask, there was no question that she was a star. I don't know why I'm turning into <laughs> that voice. Um, <laughs> she was a star. We- yeah, we put her into training because she had not really done this kind of martial arts work before. She broke her wrist right before shooting to the point where she couldn't do the martial arts stunts we needed. We were very happy with Bridget Wilson Sampras. It was great she was available. Okay. Hey, yay, yay. <laughs> that explains a lot. That explains yeah. a lot. Is she married to the tennis guy? Is yes. That why? Okay. After being in Billy Madison. She is uh, not super great in this movie. <laughs> no, like, yeah, she. I she mean, gets some it's of the like worst not dialogue. fully her her fault because the character literally has nothing to do. Yeah. But also, yeah, yeah it's it's. But yeah, she so. does so much of the stunts. Like they talk about like how much of like she actually had to train. And there's all this behind the scenes footage of her doing like rigorous fight training for this movie. Well, they didn't use any of it. Huh? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. Like the uh, uh, the actor who plays Liu Kang, uh, Robin Shu, he came over and he was just like, I thought it would be so much. It would be a luxury coming over to do these American movies. And like when he found out that they that we do a thing called the master shot, he's like, that's really dumb. Like just shoot an insert. We can save a lot of energy if we're just going to shoot what we need. Why are we doing these super long takes? so that we can see all this play out. And he was exhausted. He broke several ribs making this movie. Oh, my God. And 
afterwards, as you see it, like there is no super long master's use in this movie. Nope. Everything is cut. <laughs> Everything would have been better if it was actually made more like a Hong Kong action movie. <laughs> he did get uh, credit as a choreographer, though. Fight choreographer yes. oh, in sweet. the credits. In the all of the blockbuster like hype things is like we have the best fight coordinator in the world. And it's just like this crotchety old white dude. <laughs> And then there's this scene where he's like trying to pitch to Roy, like you're going to do like a spinning elbow. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then it cut to Roy and he's like, yeah, so I got to like collaborate with Pat. And it was great. Like we, our minds melded and we were able to come up with the fight scenes for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Okay. So should we talk about the Lambert himself Raiden? I mean, I jumping, we we're to. jumping ahead. We're skipping the doc. Oh, are we? What are we skipping? <laughs> oh, the doc. Oh, oh, and well, Johnny Cage's intro. Is oh, Johnny Cage's the, like, intro. Yeah, yeah. The, I thought you Did were. You know a, Steven a Spielberg is in this movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're killing me, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, the mattress salesman. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, Johnny uh, Cage. Some, you know. PA or whatever comes up and says like, someone's here to see you. I don't know who it is, but they're here. And uh, he goes and sees like, who is apparently his friend, but he doesn't think it's weird that his friend has like this crazy box with a scroll in it. And he just kind of goes, okay, sure. <laughs> tournament, you say a <laughs> uh, worldwide tournament with this crazy thing. Uh, sounds cool to me. Let's go. It- it's like, yeah, no, that's just my buddy. He's my neighbor. He runs an escape room. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm very unclear as to why. What's his name again? Shang. Shang Sung. Shang, Shang Sung would even want to bring Johnny Cage in to the tournament if he thinks there's any chance that he will be good and beat people. Yeah. I didn't really I think that the movie would tell you that those are the rules. And they'd be <laughs> okay. like, well, can I see those rules? And the movie would no. say no. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I didn't really get why he was also obsessed with Sonya so much. Like, Sonya has to be there. I thought he just wanted to bang her. I mean, for the logic of the but movie, did he try it was the one that? person that he was excited for her to be there because he was confident that he could be like, her. kill her. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. She, she was the weakest fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes Which more sense. Which is a plot point for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. She really, she gets, by, by the time you get to the last, like, the third act, she gets really poor treatment. I was <laughs> yeah, pretty surprised. Yeah, she completes her mission. She's like, ah, we regret rating her into this movie. Yeah. <laughs> we ran out of lines about her, how strong she is, and she doesn't need anyone's help until she does. I guess, especially after Lambert <laughs> told her that she had to take help, even though it's her <laughs> thing to right. not need help. <laughs> so, what are the rules? Is are there any? I thought you had to be like the best fighter to join the tournament. Is that not the rule? That seems like it should be the rule. Then we see like there's only 12 the fighters on right? the docks. <laughs> Apparently the yeah. only way to get there is through, through all the, his magic boat. But then there's also the montage of like 30 dudes we've never seen before wearing like that all just look like humans. Yeah, very unimpressive <laughs> looking fighters. Yeah, it's like they they went to a dojo in Glendale and they were like, you guys are up. Including yeah. the one guy that they all like seem to really like, uh, Roy or what was his name? <laughs> was he was he like a kickboxer or something? Like, it's like, oh, yeah. I saw your fight. Also woefully unprepared to be at the Mortal Kombat <laughs> tournament <laughs> fighting Goro. It's his soul stolen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love all like, yeah, we're here, we're here to fight it. And she's like, no, you die forever if you lose. 
I don't think they. Slave. I feel like they didn't really explain it to these people yeah. beforehand. They straight up said they're stakes. slaves. Even some of the characters that were like like Sub Zero and um, Scorpion were literal slaves. Yeah, like according to this dialogue, I didn't like that. They were like mind controlled or something by yeah, yeah. Shang Tsung, which I thought was kind of strange. But it also uh, looked. Did you guys notice that the Sub Zero and Scorpion actor did it look the same to you? Like it was played by the same stuntman. I think that they might have actually been. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's true. Maybe not in the shots where there's two or they're both in it, but like it seemed like both fight scenes had the same. The hero dude yeah, yeah i think i and so maybe huge thick eyebrows maybe <laughs> in their mind that that was like the a tribute to like the fight recording for the first game because like i think that that was true oh, you for... think they put that much effort or thought into no it? no i don't i think i'm doing part. that leg work that's what my doing that leg work <laughs> yeah, i always just assumed that they were like clones with different colored accents on their costume they have like, wildly diverse and- backstories even. and scorpion but then also katara katara and there's a purple katana as well in the yep. later game yeah like it's the same exact character just a different color oh and reptile sure. as well he's green yeah, reptile <laughs> uh well the he's it, he's a bunch of bugs running the reptile suit <laughs> yeah he's uh it says that there are two different actors for scorpion and sub-zero mm, okay then then ignore me one of them one of the the, <laughs> the sub-zero actor's name is francois petit that's in case case you think right that's there, a funny sure. name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like Lambert did nothing though. He like never barely fought. I know. I just want Raiden to do something cool, and he doesn't. I mean, he's I don't... way too old to yeah. be fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if it's possible for him to do anything cool at, uh, at all. So, well, at first they made it seem like he was going to be cool because I, I don't know when I when we played the game, I always thought that. Raiden was like the lamest character because he just looked like a Chinese street vendor or like field worker or something, you know, we're like, <laughs> what is this character? Nobody wants to play as this guy or, you know? or a white guy. Yeah. And then <laughs> when they introduce him, yes, he has his pointy hat, but he also has like this robe and he's going to use like electrical powers. But then he never like really does anything with it. He he's does like that the protector of the realm. They made they like they he's his character is probably the most changed. Yeah. They make the him game. Gandalf. He's like yeah. an earth god or something, yeah. He he uses his powers to be uh, on the lower decks of the boat and say, follow me, and then <laughs> teleport his way up to the top of the boat. <laughs> A whole deck of an old yeah. boat. <laughs> Look at how fast I can travel. I did like how he at the end had the like wizard of Oz scene where he was like, Johnny, you got to stop doubting yourself. It's so yeah, you got to trust people. <laughs> and Luke King, I got nothing for you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. He just Can't fucked go off with and- you for unspecified <laughs> rule. I just made up. See you later. Yeah. I like at the end that he is just apparently waiting there for them to get there. Like, yeah, I knew you guys are going to win. <laughs> yeah. And then they all just been sitting off. here. <laughs> yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. And then the theme kicks in. <laughs> well, they still have to set up a sequel at the end too. Um, but yeah, he's kind of just like pops in every once in a while to teach a lesson and then leave. He's uh, the referee. He's always <laughs> reminding everybody of the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he does this. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't think so. 
my god. Yeah, there's apparently some rule that you're not supposed to like fight before the tournament starts, which makes sense. But uh, you can't fight 15 minutes after eating. Yeah. He also has some rule where like he can't go certain places because his powers don't work, right? But then they do work, and then they work again when they go further to a place that his powers shouldn't work. <laughs> I thought he said that they don't work in Outworld, but then he does use his powers a bunch while they're there. But then when they go to the <laughs> outskirts of Outworld, he can't go there because that's where his powers don't work. <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. Ah, boy. Um, so what did you guys think of, uh, Sub-Zero? I, I mean, per, me personally, like Sub-Zero and Scorpion, those guys are like some of my favorite characters and I felt like they're pretty lame in this movie. I'm sorry. I mean, I, they're in it. They are, they are in the movie. Uh, they invent some new lines for Scorpion. I mean, cause, is it even possible for Sub-Zero to die from his own ice? That was like the <laughs> that lamest was really part. Dumb. Yeah. I was like, Elsa never would have allowed this to happen. Like, this is so dumb. Was like, that the lamest I, part? Or was it when Scorpion said, get down here? Get down here. Okay, so, and then Scorpion. Are Come they dance with me. Trying to imply that Scorpion was such, Scorpion, an undead being from another world, <laughs> huh? enslaved soul, is a, such a huge fan of Johnny Cage that he carries around his <laughs> autographed headshot in his fighting suit. <laughs> I thought Johnny Cage left that as his calling card. Like I think he oh. no, so like that that's Johnny Cage's fatality. He rips out your heart. That's a game reference. Yeah. yeah, then he signs like an autograph and then he throws his headshot on the body. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind then. I, but I was like I, I it wasn't clear to me in the film. I thought that they were trying to say he had that in his pocket. <laughs> he was just like, Oh, it's actually a tragic story. He was just a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted an autograph. <laughs> and I don't have any other way to speak than with fire out of my mouth. I'm sorry. What is he? He says, get over here. And then he says, yeah. come here. <laughs> and then he says, get, get down. Which <laughs> is so dumb. The third time is so dumb. Does he say I, come here like that in the game to his... No, no he, so. say, he, say, he says get over here. And that's get that over is what here he says. Yeah. Sure. He doesn't say come here to bring it back. No. <laughs> Stupid. I will say the thing, like, we're, we're dunking on this movie a little bit. And yeah. the thing that this movie does that is insane and probably, like, this might be the tipping point of when this actually was cheap enough to happen for movies like this. But, like, this movie built sets and went on location like there are a ton of built practical sets and a ton of location shots that like they went to thailand they went to all over the place and it wasn't a super you know high budget movie at the time um I, and a lot of that is super endearing to me to look at now like i can't believe how much they actually built for this fucking movie I did like that room that uh, Johnny Cage and Scorpion fight in. Like they, he he lands in the this ladder, like, like this, where <laughs> scaffoldings go. The to dusty die, ladder the room. Purgatory. <laughs> yeah, but that but it looked like it was, uh, yeah, a real real mess to put together that that yes. uh, that room that they were in. And it is kind of cool that it like mirrors some of the like stages and stuff that you see in the game, which I guess is why they say like, oh, the tournament could happen anywhere now once it started. Because you got to have those different stages that you see in the game. They don't always just fight in like, you know, a flag circle in the beach or whatever. 
But uh, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed in uh, the Sub-Zero and Scorpion treatment. And then I also was, I thought the whole reptile thing was dumb too. Why has it got to be an actual reptile? (laughs) I will say when I, I do remember seeing it when I was younger and I do remember thinking Sub-Zero and Scorpion were super, super cool. Like when I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, And like, even now looking at them, like their costumes, like I still kind of like their costumes, like how simple they are. Like they Mm -hmm. still kind of like when they end, when they come out of that door on the boat, that like that entrance shot, like you're like, Oh, these guys, like you actually think they're going to be pretty cool. They prove not to be, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but, but they have a good entrance. I think they look pretty good and they do their, their do like they get definitely get the, the like the fan treatment and it's interesting to see how they're like like in the new trailer like they're they've been so redesigned um i like the simple like strappy yellow like i don't know it's i don't know i i think what i'm trying to say is that while this is not a good movie by any stretch i actually do think it's a fantastic adaptation of its video game because sure. as far as what mortal kombat I is I and like it's its story its characters like this movie is really true to it and like it adapts it about as well as you could with whatever resources they had at the time so i i'm very split in like how i feel about it because on one hand it's um uh I don't want to say it's awful. It's not awful. It's just, it's like a B movie. No, it, kind of. It's, it's a C movie because it, the, the, the problem with it is that the, most of the fight scenes just aren't very good. Like <laughs> for the mortal Kombat movie, you want good fight scenes and most of the fights aren't very good. Um, but it is really faithful to the game. And like, so I think that's why it breaks that video game curse is because it's such a good adaptation of what it actually is, as opposed to trying to like what they did with street fighter, where they tried to like adapt it into like a real story instead of just letting it be what it is. Same thing with like even Super Mario. Like they tried to make <laughs> Bob Hoskins make a real person. Dennis Hopper <laughs> and Bowser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what I think that's what works about this movie. Um, but anyway, let's continue uh, ripping it to shreds. <laughs> well, no, we I can. Think that the, yeah. I think that I, I completely agree with that. And that it, it's one of those things where if I thought how it had wanted to adapt this franchise, you know, the fact that it basically turns into a Hong Kong action flick at times is like the best case scenario for a movie like this. I just wish that they had gone further into that realm and allowed it to be just a straight up action movie. Um and it seems like that Robin Shu, if, if he had more power, could have been able to do that. I think Paul Anderson being able to kind of have his. I don't want to give him credit for this, but like I do like it. Like there's a lot of stuff that that is playing. In respect to hong kong movies of the past and martial arts movies and it's really trying to to americanize that for 1996 for i think actually genuine reasons the result is just not that great yeah but he but he liked the same thing with the with his other like resident evil and stuff like he Mm -hmm. is one of the few directors that gets games yep for better or worse like he's one of the few guys that actually understands what he's adapting 
Um, so again, for better or worse, he yep, at least exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen Monster Hunter yet, but uh, I had a bunch of. <laughs> I missed an opportunity to watch it the other week, and I it's i'm probably still gonna watch it jesus yeah Yeah. (laughs) anyway back to mortal Kombat. uh i mean i don't know about you guys but i feel like one thing we can all agree on is the awesomeness of the goro puppet yes (laughs) i hope because it makes no sense that the head is animatronic (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird and they they commit to it like it's this animatronic head like it gets a lot of play yeah and it has to act it has to perform a lot of emotion he gets right down in people's faces and stuff (laughs) there's about 10 minutes of behind the scenes footage of how they designed and made this on and like them like prototyping the puppet and like having the guy who cannot fucking see it all (laughs) of being the bottom part of it and the top part of it and then them puppeting the like and it shows them like rehearsing him having to like pick one hand up from the actual hand and then throwing something and like it's all these different puppeteers or like the face reacting like one of the things that they have behind the scenes footage of of them trying to like puppet the anguish on the face of when he gets hit in the balls (laughs) that's amazing um but this puppet is it's really incredible. I mean, it looks great. It's right. I mean, if you compare how this looks and how the rock looks in the mummy <laughs> too. Yes. Uh you're 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 at two different ends of the spectrum in terms of movie magic. Of one thing is at its peak of where it could get to and the other is at its infancy. <laughs> it's just Did um did Judge Dredd come out? 95 96 exactly uh, i believe so because that was another movie that had like fantastic prosthetics like not a not a good movie but yes. like it was like it was like the peak of prosthetics and animatronic puppets yeah yes um, 95 yeah that was like that was it that was the plan for for puppets before cg uh you know, where things were i mean just weird <laughs> it's just yeah weird yeah i just love that you know Goro was always in the in the game like oh my god it's like he got to play as Goro it's so cool because he's got four arms and he's gigantic and I love that like it, he is actually there in the room and he is that gigantic in the room yeah. in the movie <laughs> and when he's fighting people and it's just so impressive that they went through all the work to make that happen it like you know it's something that no one would ever probably do today you know and uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, there's miniatures and there's like there's force perspective and there's a lot of stuff happening in this movie yeah. that is cheating in old school ways. But then there's a lot of really high. T- I mean, like that puppet being able to be in every scene acting in that way is it to this day. It's like, I fuck, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, even when it looks not real, yep. it's still enjoyable to watch because it's still a physical actor in the scene and, and it has mm-hmm. a performance like cg bad cg just stands out so bad it, it takes you yeah. so out of the movie like you'll you'll accept a cheesy puppet like it's mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah. how fast you'll accept a cheesy puppet <laughs> cheesy pu- <laughs> well, yeah because there is a bad <laughs> cheesy cg puppet. in this movie to compare it to like the yeah. scorpion little things that come out of and, him and, and then reptile the reptile yeah, yeah. There's a whole scene of Robin uh, when he has to grab Reptile, uh, you know, the invisible thing, and he's holding on to nothing. <laughs> and it was like his first scene acting with like nothing there. And he was just like, yeah. And like Paul's just being like, oh, just like flail around like you're holding something. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I read a I read a thing that said that that Liu Kang and and uh, Katana were supposed to have like a romantic subplot that they right. ended up cutting out for a time, and it was just like another example of the I mean the, the Asian guy being robbed of the the romance like that's like true, a thing. but at the yeah. same time, the, her character was so weird and like yeah. useless <laughs> that I don't even mind that he was robbed of his chance to be Use a romantically life force substance. Use yeah, the- <laughs> I mean, like, I guess probably people expect me to be mad at the whitewashing or yellow facing of any of these people. But at the same time, I'm like, these characters are so far out there from any real cultural <laughs> thing that it's also like not that especially like Lambert as Raiden, like Raiden is not inherently any one thing just because he wears that pointy hat you know well, like it's and like, like and Liu Kang doesn't respect him he's like this dude's just a fucking beggar like exactly whatever. so I don't care so much about that K- Katana is a little bit weirder um you know she's a Puerto Rican actress um but you know I like it's just getting cast as like look she looks exotic ish you know yeah. like indiscriminate ethnic like doesn't she normally girl. have like fan blades and stuff like she doesn't have yeah any she of doesn't her get any of her cool stuff unique character yeah. items yeah i will say that like even in this movie that we're we're building towards that's coming out uh you know in 2021 like i bet that this is gonna cut away more like i i give this movie a lot of credit for not having any johnny cage cutaways during this final scene without trying to be like uh, don't forget there's a white person in this movie like they're the final you know 15 minutes of this fight allows the two main character of this movie to actually fight and i don't think that that would actually happen now and even though he he's like um you know coming on to sonia for most of the movie they don't like make out at the end or right or unless i missed it but no, yeah. yeah no it's not it's not like the mighty ducks where everybody just can walk up to a girl and be like <laughs> you. game over time to kiss yeah yeah <laughs> I did think it was weird when, you know, yeah, when Johnny Cage is like, I don't want you to get hurt or whatever. I was like, what? Were they like? Well, also, they were all talking like the three of them had been best friends for like 40 years. (laughs) Like they know each other for like two days. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, at most. Yeah, like Like, they were all talking like they're all retirees in the same like like a Melrose Place situation in Boca Raton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the, one of the scenes that like, I remember a lot is this scene, that first scene when Goro fights, what is his name? Art or something? I, I can't remember the, the guy who gets totally murdered mm-hmm. by yeah. him. I just like, for whatever reason, that scene like really imprinted on me is like that dude has no chance. And I just like, <laughs> yeah. as watching it as a kid, I was like, that's scary. Like that, that guy just got totally fucked up. And I love like, there's all these cutaways to like the people in the audience and Johnny Cage being like, get out of there, man. In like, especially at the part where like Goro has like grabbed both of his hands with his lower two hands and then is like punching him with his upper hands <laughs> and Johnny Cage is just like, get out of there, get out of there. Not, it's not cool that all the black guys got their souls stolen first. Like, yeah, it's even the guy that, um, yeah, that Luke King fight. fights is black. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And like every time, 
for both of the Goro fights, they keep cutting away to these like two like bros in the audience, and they're like, Goro, yeah, <laughs> and they're like there at the second fight too. Like they got the same guys to do it, or they just. I did uh, like how oh. the audiences, especially in that first fight with Liu Kang out on the beach or whatever, the audiences really looked like video game audiences, and that you couldn't <laughs> really hear them cheering, but they like were raising their arms like yeah. rhythmically, like as if there was music playing but they weren't moving to that music and you couldn't really hear them cheering even though it would appear like they were uh so yeah it definitely looks like a video game audience <laughs> did anyone else feel like the uh the henchman that had to show off to uh, sub-zero just to get just <laughs> murdered kind of got the short end of the stick really yes. did. i was like they really sacrificed this guy just to- <laughs> yeah. and, and he's super grateful about it like he's <laughs> bowing he's just like it's an honor just to be frozen by you in a minute <laughs> yeah. and then i get turned into like some weird statue that would be at a laser tag arena <laughs> yeah i felt bad for that guy yeah what are you gonna do that's the life of a henchman yeah i like that I mean, the fact that there are henchmen in this movie, they're essential. They're essential to the plot of this movie because fights can just break out at any time for these henchmen that are, I guess, just like chaotic neutral in that, like, yeah, we'll fight. Fuck it. Like, you're in this room. Whatever. They're not well, like God forbid that you'd have Mortal Kombat between two actual characters. <laughs> yeah. they're You know, they're probably like the uh, they're probably like the people who are like they want to be in the tournament, but they're not good enough. But uh, Shang Tsung like recruited them and said, like, hey, I'll get you some fighting opportunities, even if you can't fight in the tournament. Are you saying that we should pitch an HBO Max series where Shang Tsung rides around the countryside subjugating vi- villages <laughs> where he can have dudes to put on like foot soldier masks so that they can just stand next to him and die? Yes. Foot? <laughs> yeah, the foot. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, now that I, I don't know what the plot is going to be of the second movie next week, but after looking over the plot of the first game and the second game and the third game, trying to figure out which one I actually played, if they had just left Katana out of this completely, it would have just been, I think, the plot of the first game, like fully. And so I think that would have worked a lot better. Yeah, I felt like all the like royal lineage stuff was not yeah. interesting. Because that stuff that doesn't confusing. even come into the game series until like the second and third games, I think. So, yeah. So, the insight that I have to that is the person who like optioned and really made this movie happen was the merchandising guy that partnered with James Cameron for Terminator 2. Mm. And they had made a wildly successful arcade game for Terminator 2. Uh, which I played a ton of and he was hanging out with his midway buddies and played Mortal Kombat and he was like this is like Star Wars like we can make this like the biggest merchandising thing in the world give me the rights we'll be doing movies we'll be doing stage shows we'll be doing everything like we can just establish this lore as like the new thing and uh, he just bugged them until they gave it to him and they only gave him the rights for like I feel like it was less than two years and he was like, I'd never take that deal now. But like at the time, it was my first deal. And so like they just rushed it into production. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I guess maybe then you're like, oh, well, we got to have at least two chicks. So yeah, bring yeah. on some uh, whatever. Yeah. Cameron Diaz broke her wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that character wasn't. Yeah. Okay, was so, well. yeah. <laughs> she was Can you imagine there. this movie with Cameron Diaz in it? No, no. Well, isn't Cameron Diaz like five, two or something also like. I mean, Tom Cruise figured it out. It'll be fine. Yeah, I guess. 
That's true. I mean, that would have changed the course of history. I, yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> of her our being American in pop culture history. Yeah, she maybe she would she have, have said as... yes to Charlie's Angels. I don't know. Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, so I mean, the I feel like one of the main things we haven't talked about yet uh, is the music. One one of the <laughs> the biggest lasting legacies of this film is the uh, techno version of the Mortal Kombat theme uh so done I, by the immortals looked, right yeah i looked into this a little bit because i am a, a uh, fan of this song um and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and <laughs> and so i was actually um i was surprised to learn it's it's uh it's history um the song predates the movie by two years the song is actually uh so the guys that made the song are two of the guys from the band uh, the nineties band Lords of acid mm. and they had a spinoff, the two, like the, like the two, the two electronic guys. And they made a band called the immortals or the, and the only thing they ever did was this mortal Kombat album. And I haven't been able to find the album anywhere online because I've been like on iTunes or Spotify, but the original album they released in 93, the same year, the first game came out has a song for every character. Like, Oh my they god! Sampled, but I but the thing I couldn't tell was that if the if it was actually licensed, I, or if they just did it because they liked the video game and they sampled all the sound effects. If there's any listener that has a line on this cassette tape or this mm-hmm. like this album, it was a CD. I want to. I feel I, like I, the CD. I want to fucking hear it. I probably have know. it back in Wisconsin, honestly. <laughs> what? The CD? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. From the movie. And, He's and talking so this about song, this original mixtape. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, not that. The, yeah, the original CD. I mean, it did come out at some point. It's probably super hard to find. But um, the other thing they were saying was that the uh, the song, the Mortal Kombat song, which is actually called Techno Syndrome, is the actual title of the song, <laughs> hit like the number 10 spot on the Billboard Top 100 for like a couple, for like three weeks. Like this single was like the biggest hit in like the rave you know techno space of the 90s <laughs> and um and so then they they used it in the movie um because it's not part of the actual score i checked um <laughs> yeah. the actual score kind of sucks the george s clinton yeah. score yeah yeah also not the george clinton i thought <laughs> no. <when> I <laughs> yeah like, you're what? like what george clinton oh no okay yeah <laughs> yeah and and to every uh high school assembly i ever attended after this movie came out this song was played i think this is the song that should be on the that gold record they sent out into yeah. space for some yeah. aliens to find like, they find the record and they put it on and it's this song like that is a single tier of like i understand humans now Test you might. <laughs> I feel like I mean, i'm pretty people. sure that it was a level on ddr as well because i <laughs> yeah. seem to oh, remember hopping yeah. to it hopping and stopping <laughs> yeah this song will last Mark yeah, yeah. and I, I love that uh, they must have known, you know, that they had like this huge hit immediately because it's used multiple times in the song in, in the movie and like for the exact same purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, a fight's starting. Time to use the song. It's funny because I was starting the movie and my roommates were still working and I was like about to press play, but then I need to like get up to go get the controller, turn the volume down. And I was like, oh, I don't need to rush. I was like, I'm pretty sure that the movie is not going to start with the guy yelling Mortal Kombat. And then I press play and I'm like, oh, God, I'm like lunging for the controller to turn the volume down. But... <sighs> The uh the rest of the music is like 
not good. <laughs> what about that original song in the credits, Justin? <laughs> well, the yeah, the I don't know. They were like, look, we want to have this like EDM music, but it's the '90s, so it's also got to be like grunge at the same time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But I didn't uh, remember that part of the song is just them saying all of their names. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember that part. And then when I so when I heard it in the credits, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then there's that other version by the Utah Saints that's like the title is called like the Utah Saints take on the Mortal Kombat theme or something. Um, but I think that's the very last song in the credits. Yeah. It has a bunch of like dialogue from the movie. That's another one that I, I used to listen to all the time too. Oh god. When he's like, I am the chosen one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I am the chosen one. And then Johnny Cage is like, let's dance. I mean, from, from the, uh, all the, the sound effects and the dialogue excerpts, like it might as well be Highlander. Yes. Right. Like, especially yes. cause those guys were called the immortals. Like there's gotta be a connection. <laughs> yeah, there. for sure. Seriously. Yeah. So funny. Um, is it, is it rating system time? No. Um, okay. this is not an official, child star check-in because this guy was 22 years old when the movie was made but Stephen ho who played the younger brother chan i did want to tell you um that he became a very successful stunt coordinator and trainer who has worked on films and franchises such as pirates of the caribbean uh the original spider-man and he was in-house on walking dead NCIS and a season of The Bachelor, which I don't know why they needed a stunt coordinator on every episode, <laughs> but they apparently did. And also, I don't I'm not familiar with this sketch. Or maybe you guys are because I know you're big Conan fans, but he was Asian Conan in a series mm. of sketches in which Conan was Asian. Sketches. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I think yes. it was like a funny or die plus Conan thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Not I, don't, I don't remember. And, and he's the, he was the in-house stunt coordinator like for all of Conan, but then they made this one series where he played Conan, but Asia. I know that Conan did that thing with like that stunt coordinator. Like he did a lot of stuff where like he would do like live stunts and those were fun segments. Maybe it was the same person. It probably was. But so this anyways, is a good, this is a good story then. It is yeah. a nice <laughs> child star check-in, even though he was 22. Yeah. <laughs> most of these don't end well you know yes Yo, oh, listen to the mighty oh, ducks listening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh god oh god um i didn't like i didn't like at the end uh in the final battle with Liu kang and shang sun where like uh they're like facing off against each other and Liu Kang sees him shape shift in front of him and then still thinks it's his brother for like half second <laughs> and I'm like, dude, the guy it's longer was... than that. It's like it's multiple <laughs> yeah. like exchanges and he's, flashbacks. He's like almost gonna believe him, but then I'm like, you saw him change right in front of you. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's definitely not yeah. him. This whole like image of someone that died and now I have to realize that I'm not to blame or that I'm fine thing. Like I did watch I mean, I guess that's spoilery, but I did watch Justice league snyder cut last night and then the weekend before i watched the five bloods and so i'm like okay enough of these uh these apparitions telling people it's not their fault as the <laughs> final like you know yeah but oh well i did also have a good laugh at the all the ghosts floating up into space <laughs> and it's like they all had the they were like given the note to like put your arms out like you're going down a water slide or something and they're like Whoa. they got their arms stretched out like they're it was the same the you do you do that take and then you had to fall into the gravel pit <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Just look like you're having fun and floating off into the afterlife. Okay, uh, now we can do ratings. Oh, that should have given me more time to think of one. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there's there's still the emperor at the end that shows up too, like sequel time. That's true. And then Ra- uh, and then yes, Raiden's the, like not the this bad guy time. from Army of Darkness shows up. It's Evil Ash. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they just all put their arms around each other with Christopher Lambert and like walk away is just ridiculous. Like, yeah, and then like yeah, they all pose like they're gonna fight, and I'm like, Raiden, you're not gonna do shit. You haven't done shit the entire movie, man. Come on. Yeah. And Katana's too, right? She's there with them. It's the four of them. Yes. Yeah. It's such yeah. a weird. It's a very like man. Power Rangers ending to me. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even have her fans. Ugh. That was like her best thing. Yeah. yeah. We'll see if that even <laughs> resolves in the next movie. I don't remember. I bet it doesn't. <laughs> you probably. Uh, I will say. Well, how many flawless victories would you give? <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1995. I guess I'm gonna give it four flawless victories Ooh. it was fine i mean it wasn't it was bad uh <laughs> the song is great and you could pretty much cut whatever footage you want over the song and it'd be gold. pretty much <laughs> yeah like yeah. honestly I, like the song is great and playing and watching the vi- movie made me want to play the game which if you think of it as that was the only purpose of the movie maybe then bravo because it did make me want to go play the game and remember i I am going to go play the game after this. it made you want to go out to the arcade like it says at the end of the movie yeah so if that was the (laughs) only business proposition this movie was going for all right then fine but anyways i should have said how many quarters will you deposit (laughs) (laughs) yeah how many continues yeah um i think i'm i'm gonna give it five uh flawless victories which again like i i they say flawless victory a ton in the movie, but like the dudes get punches off on each guy. So I don't, I don't really... Especially at the end when <laughs> Luke Hank says it to himself. Yeah. I'm like, I don't fully They're understand. Losing multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that it was makes flawless. makes a cut of the movie where I just like motion. I just put health bars over the, every scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Apparently this guy's invincible. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, this movie is okay. It's got some nostalgia for me, but not enough to make me be like, it's the best movie. Um, again, yeah, the song is uh, bonkers, amazing. Um, and uh, I I wore that soundtrack out for sure, mowing the lawn back in the day. Um, and uh, I just think like, I, I think for me, I'm like, man, uh, the movie chooses to focus on all the boring characters that have no cool powers and, uh, all the cool characters that do exist in the movie get short shrift and don't like get to do anything cool. Like, you know, sub zero and scorpion. I feel like they're so much more interesting to me, but then they don't really get to do anything cool in the movie. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'd rather watch a movie about those guys than the, the human gang. So five flawless victories. I, th- oh, man. So like, I think that I, I'm going to have to give it a little bit higher. I'm going to have to go six and I like, I'm tempted for seven, but I will say six flawless victories only because I feel like that this movie was actually the gateway drug for me getting into martial arts movies and, and, and just Hong Kong cinema in general. I, I maybe not even just like seeing this and, and having there, but just the fact that this movie existed opened up the door for, you know, 
renting similar things, how it was arranged at Blockbuster and finding Jackie Chan movies and finding Bruce Lee movies and, you know, finding everything else in between, you know, after that. Um, And I have a really fond spot for this movie. Rewatching it again, there was a bunch of stuff that I thought was insane and there was a bunch of stuff that I respected the hell out of. Um, So, yeah, six flawless victories. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go with five flawless victories for for uh, the same reasons I said before, which is I think on its own merit, this is not a a good movie. Um, <laughs> but as far as adaptations go, especially of something like Mortal Kombat, which is not a very uh, deep, nuanced franchise, um, I think it's super successful in that regard. So I'm going to lance right in the middle with five. Yeah. All right. Not bad. Pretty decent. Uh... Wait, so who was everybody's go-to character in the game? I, I play Kung Lao. I like to play Sub-Zero. I would usually I, play... I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say I'm, I'm a Sub-Zero or Scorpion guy. Ah, okay. I would always play Sindel or Sindel, but she hasn't shown up yet in these movies. Oh, that's later. Yeah, mm. so we'll see. Nice. She's the one with the hair, right? Right. I think that's why I liked yeah. her. She would trap people in her hair like Rapunzel and swing them around. <laughs> I mean, Rapunzel didn't exist in that way yet, but you know. Also, is because like she was still like a girl character who like was hot, but all the guys weren't, uh, you know, looking at her as much in that way because she was old. Not like the Princess Katana. You know, like uh, like it was just they were just like, oh yeah, that other older lady. So I would always pick her. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, well, uh, you know, the movie was a huge success when it came out. It uh, it beat up on the Babysitter's Club the weekend it came <gasps> out. <laughs> um, and apparently at the time, it was the second highest August opening ever after uh, The Fugitive. Um, and uh, so that means there's a Back sequel. when they were giving out records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that means uh, two years later, 1997, we get Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and that is the next the next one, which I do not recall at all. I I know I've seen it, and I can picture maybe certain characters, but I can't tell you what the plot is about at all. So I'm interested to see what happens. I feel like it's just going to be different cast of characters, uh, some of the new you know video game characters we haven't seen yet, and uh, more fighting. Brian's going to laugh to himself. Yeah, yes. I got no uh, no predictions. I've seen it. I've seen it. Multiple birthday party sleepovers. Uh, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Nice. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Daniel, thanks for being here with us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. What uh, What is going on right now with you that people can check out online? Uh, so right now... Um, uh, my new graphic novel Raiders uh, just hit its second printing and is back in stock um, just about everywhere online and uh, your local comic book shop. So um, if you haven't checked that out, that's uh, that's all I've really got to do yourself a favor and pick <laughs> it up. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Eliz, uh, where can people reach out to us? Yeah, uh, this one is short. We're only going to do three movies. So we need your suggestions for future franchises, sequel rights at gmail.com or social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequel rights. 
And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you've already done that, please tweet at us with who you used to main on Mortal Kombat and <laughs> who, who you hope to see in the latest film. Well, we hope that you guys thought that this episode was just... Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Annihilation.